I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Welcome, orange men and ladies. This is another installment of Hi, Thoughts. It is great to be back, even though I'm just introducing Tyler's show, Tie Thoughts, with Tyler Morona. I hope everybody had a safe and happy New Year's Eve. Happy New Year. Uh, Joe and I, we will be back. Another, another slight delay in Syracuse basketball brings us to another big question mark for the year as Florida State canceled their game this afternoon against Duke due to a positive test. So we will have to see if any of that gets filled or if we're just going to move on to Georgetown on the 9th. Joe and I would uh, like to thank everybody for their support. Uh, I want to thank Tyler for for doing this football season. This uh, episode is titled Final Thought. So we'll see if that's the final thought for the year or if that's the final thought. I don't know. He didn't even tell me. That's okay. Um, But I just want to say that we will be back. And it won't be long, but we were going to do some things and uh, with work and some other things that come up that I will get into and just life in general in the holidays. We just, it was a nice little break for us. So we're not going anywhere. We'll be back. But I just want to give you guys a heads up too, because everything got canceled. Everything's been on pause. Everything's canceled. Everything's changing. And if we don't have anything to fill us up here soon, I'm going to make something up. Joe and I are going to make something up, and we're going to bring it to you, okay, regardless, because we're itching to get back. So we appreciate all of you. Uh, want to thank you guys so much. Uh, it's been an honor to have Tyler on the feed this year doing his doing his little thing um, now and then with throughout the football season, and uh, obviously he's welcome anytime to do so, and uh, it's been a lot of fun. So this will be the first episode on this feed this year is tie thoughts but first it is brought to us by bet online as you know the title sponsor for tie thoughts the cuse militia and armchair media now it is it is looking grim unless you're a, unless you're a buffalo bills fan well even then it's tough but you might not be able to get to a game this year but you can still get in all the action at bet online bet online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props bet online gives you more options to wager than any other place online head to bet online today use the promo code armchair to take advantage of all of the great sign up bonuses Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Thank you, Bet Online. Everybody's like, Sean, shut up. All right, here it is. Without further ado, tie thoughts. So it looks like this might be a final thought here, and um, I'm trying to um, put together my overall feelings on number one Syracuse football, which I told you guys that I would be dedicated to. But this is also a lot about um, if you go back through the history of the episodes, you'll you know kind of get a lot of what the initial point of this podcast was, and that was to um, offer some. Well, kind of not necessarily life advice, but just kind of um, through the through the lens in which I see life and uh, how Syracuse football kind of helped me to adjust to that. And um, 
so this this podcast has actually really helped out. It gave me some stuff to do while I was living with my grandparents in Southern California while my wife was living in Texas. And if you listen to the last episode, which is a couple weeks ago now, um, I was talking about how I was leaving California and I am back in Texas now. So um, did it in a couple days and you know ultimately made that 21-hour drive or 22 hours. Um, and I'm back in Houston. And, um, and the reason why this is kind of the final thought here is because um, I am going to be accepted a job to teach and coach at a school in Houston. So, um, and the main reason for me going back and forth was just to pursue an opportunity in football. And, um, and I have told myself time after time that like, you know, I, <laughs> football has always been that thing that's been kind of the catalyst or the driver of my life because it was something that I felt like was so not necessarily easy to me, but like the doors kept opening for me in football. And although I definitely prefer basketball as a sport over football, um, you know, I was told early and often when I was a kid, like, hey, you know, you are going to be a football player. And I took that as a sign, you know, repetitively over and over again. People would tell me that. And, you know, my parents kind of, you know, helped me along in that process, my, you know, outside family or my greater family and especially my friends. And um, and then lastly, but not leastly, I fell in love with the sport. So um, going out to California was me trying to jumpstart my career in education and coaching. And it happened, especially at the high school level. I got to coach a high school defensive line. However, the season never came. And um, I don't think it is going to come for the 2021 school year in California. So I went out, you know, expecting one thing, a, a different thing happened. And now I'm back in Houston where the school that I accepted the job at, um, they played this whole season. They got through the whole thing. Um, and, uh, and, and quite frankly, um, it's just, <laughs> if I do want to give football a shot for a little bit and teaching a shot for a little bit, Texas is definitely the place to start doing that. They, um, they reward coaches a little bit better out here. They, um, are pretty fair on, uh, the teaching deal. So, um, you know, they're giving me a shot and I'm going to finish my master's degree in education and I'm kind of go from there. But the point of that whole deal was that I have continually picked football time and time again. And, you know, coming into this new year, uh, I just got news that we got the place that we wanted to to live in and we were approved. And it's like, man, you know, like all these things are happening. And my wife and I were finally together after five months of being apart, um, you know, living in separate states and <laughs> we're back together. And time after time after time, I kept thinking like, you know, what is the reason for all of this? And I, y'all know my story by now. You know, I got my hand on the, the, the Q's helmet right now. And the reason why I'm gracing these airwaves is because I just have never stopped believing in football, even when I thought it stopped believing in me. And that may sound super crazy to a lot of people, but like, obviously I didn't make it to the NFL or I don't like have like all these like crazy accolades to go along with my career to kind of prove it. But I always knew that I wanted to do this right now, which is like teach and coach at least during my twenties and like into my early thirties and like down the line, if I want to be like a art dealer or, you know, like a, uh, <laughs> a Lincoln salesman or, you know, whatever, whatever else that, you know, I, I find to be a better fit long-term for me and my family. It's like, that'll be then. But for now it's like, I cannot believe that going after football time and time and time again, even though I felt like the door kept shutting, 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 it ultimate all my experiences led to this point right now to where things have actually kind of worked out for a little bit. So, but that comes with responsibility. So, um, for me and this uh, dedication to this podcast of Thai Thoughts, I think it's like going to be either a 10 or 11 episode, um, you know, deal. And I think that for me, that, you know, I, I put out some. Some stuff, and I'm proud of it. Uh, I'm really proud of what I did um, for Sean and Joe, and they are so good to me. I miss them a ton. I haven't spoken to them in a while, actually, um, but I miss them quite a bit. Like they're they're some of my best friends. Like whether they know it or not, like getting to see Sean in Syracuse when I went out there um, last year to go to the BC game. I mean, it was a terrible game, terrible weather, like the whole nine yards, but like. Um, this podcast literally Q's militia has brought together people from opposite ends of the, the, you know, country brought them together because of, you know, the community that is Syracuse football. And really what I'm trying to get to is that 
a lot of, not a lot, but part of my success and part of me getting to where I am now or wherever I do go is honestly because of the Syracuse fans. And I know that's crazy. I know that's like, wow, Tyler, like you're just pandering. It's like, no, I'm not. Like the listeners of this show, the people that I've met online, like Sean and Joe, like they are the reason why I am like progressing through are there one of the reasons why like obviously like you know my best friends like michael justin doug um you know to you know name a few but shout out them like my groomsmen um shout out my family shout out uh you know if if you believe in the man upstairs um shout out um if not ignore (laughs) but um you know it's like the the final word to me just kind of is it's it's a repetitive one it's like I never listened to conventional wisdom because I thought it's like, okay, well, people are going to continue to want to give you reasons not to do whatever you want to do. But it's like, you know what, man? Like, I, I just, the thing for me has just been like, football is the deal for now. And like, until that changes, like, I, I got to keep going. And it feels comfortable as well. So, what I'm trying to say is, is that I'll be kind of recusing myself off of this channel to focus on teaching and coaching. It's like my first real teaching job. And, you know, it's the spring. So, when I get kind of locked in, there's a, there's a chance that I start something that might be totally different altogether moving forward, you know, kind of away from Syracuse football, maybe we'll touch on it, but I've, I've had thoughts about, um, you know, getting kind of a, I'm cause in our new place, we'll have like a, a an office. So I'm just thinking about kind of maybe putting together like a little place for where I could, um, you know, have people over, do some interviews or just do like some kind of round table conversations that um, are important to me. And then, you know, in Syracuse football might be touched on it, but it's kind of a more of a grand idea down the line because I do still think that I want to do this too. Like I do feel that like I could do this as well, but it's going to have to come in like the summer times and whatnot, like volunteering at the radio stations or all of that good stuff. Cause you never know. It's like, I love Rosillo. I love, um, I, I, I actually, I, you know, cause it's in my demo, but I like the barstool stuff. Like I, and, and they're, you know, compensated. Well, obviously they had to go through the ringer to get there. Uh, no pun intended, RE Rosillo, but, um, you get where I'm going. It's like now football is going to afford me to pursue my next deal. Um, and I also have plans to like go work for the university of Houston or rice in the summertime too. I just, I like working, man. Like I have like grand ideas, but anyway, um, so that's, so that's that, that's the precursor to this podcast moving forward. And and the thought is for me, is just like, you know what? Like I'm going to continue to choose what I love because like, I don't, when I got my heart broken playing on the field, it's like, well, okay. You know, it's like I can have this ruin me and I let it for a while, but it's like, you know, I keep choosing what I love and eventually it's going to work out. So yada, yada, yada. Um, now I'm in a great place like Houston, Texas. I've kind of made a 180 on the situation because my wife agreed to move into the nice part of town. So, um, now I'm like really falling in love with that. And, um, but just getting married. Super cool too. Um, get married. If you're thinking about it, if you're on the fence, just do it. It's been like the most rewarding thing in my life. So that's that. All right. So it's, uh, Syracuse football now. Um, I wanted to give time on uh, the Schrader acquisition. <laughs> the acquisition is I feel like we, we traded like young guys, like we traded uh, Cooper Dawson and like all these guys that left. And um, speaking of which, all the guys that are like entering the transfer portal, I was like, no, like there is no sadness on my end. Like Michael and I went out to dinner last night and we've been talking a, a bunch about like Syracuse, the state of the program, whatnot, what have you. It's like anybody that's transferring out, good. You're a one in 10 team. Get out of here. Like I honestly, like even the guys that are like projected to go on the, you know, like a Cisco, a Trill, uh, if you Melifuanu, um, you name it, like our entire secondary that declared for the draft, even though they could have all came back and probably been really good, like really, really good, possibly special. Um, it's kind of like, you know what, dude, like you guys are all part of a one in 10 teams. It's like, you guys, you guys are good to go. Like with, as far as I'm concerned, the, the nucleus of this, this squad was very, not necessarily flawed, but I, the entire time that I've been watching Syracuse these past two years, you've I have noticed that there's like it's lacking that 
not not necessarily the character, but you could tell it's lacking that nucleus or that that kind of fulcrum in which the team can turn around. So we always look back to Eric Dungey and we say we miss Eric Dungey. It's not because of how good he was. It's because everybody looked to him to lead the way. And you know what? For the most part, he went down swinging every time. That's what we miss about Eric Dungey is that he went down swinging. Even if we lost, like, the LSU game or the Miami game, it's like, but we at least thought that when we lined up, it's like, you know what, we can look to him and he's going to do his best to kind of move forward and move us into that sort of quote-unquote promised land. Um, But this, we have lost hope because no one really on offense wants to step up and say, hey, look, it's it's hell or high, like, you are going to have to drag my body off the field after this game. Like, we obviously don't see that. Now, granted... Tommy has went down, you know, two years in a row. Um, and that's really mainly because the offensive line has struggled so much. But you get kind of what I'm saying here. Um, and so all the departures are one in 10 guys. You don't want those guys on the team. Those are all the guys that were um, just the bottom of our maybe misses in recruiting. And those guys have now been fired as a result of it. You know, Coach Ward, uh, we moved on from. You know, a play caller, and now we're into a new OC and new DC era. And unfortunately, the way that the you know recruiting cycles work is that these guys aren't really going to be able to have their fingerprint seen for three years. And yes, that's tough to say because it's like, hey, we just went one, like, you know, five and ten and three, five and seven, one and ten. It's like, all right, yeah, I get it. But let's look at it this way: like on the flip side of things. Like if we had our other schedule, we'd have at least won five games, probably, because then you know you get momentum, everybody gets a little bit better, more confident, and you move forward, and you know, kind of looked similar how we did last year, five and seven. I think that's a pretty good range. Um, however, moving forward, I, th- you know, what's tough for me is that you see all the guys leaving, and you see the guys coming in, and you're like, you know, I don't know, like, does it get any better? You know, does it really get that much better? than where we are now? The answer is yes, it does. Because I do know, and I've seen the prospects, and I think the prospects actually match what we're trying to do moving forward. I don't really necessarily agree with Baber's system that he has to like have that, you know, Bryce Petty type Baylor quarterback where it's, you know, or a Jimmy Garoppolo. And I love the addition of Schrader. You know why? Because yes, he was moved to receiver. And why do quarterbacks get moved to receiver? is because their feet and their legs are advanced beyond their decision-making capabilities coming out of high school. A lot of running quarterbacks are scrambler-type quarterbacks. It's not that they are deficient at throwing the ball. Eric was at first, but they're deficient in the passing game because they have a whole nother side of the game to worry about. Back in the day, when we had guys under center, if you wanted to run the ball, you turned around and handed it off. How hard is that? Anybody could do that. Once you learn how to take a snap, like you don't have to be responsible for a whole third of the game, right? Like the run game to me is as big as like defense itself. Like defense altogether to me is like, okay, because run defense to me is like super easy. Like I don't think that's like complex at all. Like all you have to do is just go to where you're assigned. And if not, it's like very easy to find out who the weak link was. The pass defense and the pass game or the passing game, the passing defensive game is just like it's it's in its own world. Now I've spent a lot of time studying it because I've had a lot of time away from football, and like I feel very comfortable with defense and offensive line in the run game. Like I said, so it's like okay, well, with that all being kind of under control, let's try to find out about the pass game. So it's just too complex to know everything. Like okay, I got another full gambit of the run games, the option game, and the passing game to come in. So Coach Leach similar to kind of Coach Babers and what he was thinking originally, I would imagine, is like, okay, Coach Leach likes to just have a guy that just, he doesn't have to worry about the run game at all. So he goes, okay, well, a fast guy that knows the offense, let's just put him at receiver for now because we don't really have an idea of like what he's going to be in our system. So then this is where the transfer portal is good because the coaching carousel will go and it will bring something that maybe has completely unrelated things tied to one another. And the transfer portal for incoming coaches has always been very favorable. Like I remember when coach Mike McIntyre was at San Jose state, he was recruiting me to go to Colorado because he had just left San Jose state. My teammate from high school is at San Jose state and he wanted to, to transfer to, you know, just, 
out of San Jose State because he didn't like it. And he was a freshman, so he spent his freshman year with Coach Mack. Coach Mack left to go to Colorado. And they said, okay, well, you can have a free transfer pretty much anywhere except Colorado. He ended up going back to junior college, redshirting for a year, then going to Colorado afterward. But they told him, hey, you can, you can go somewhere else. Like You have the opportunity to do that. And they've always, because it's like, hey, look, you know, this is unfair. The guy that you signed up to play with, he's gone. Most guys are going to stay, like, because most guys go to a school because they actually want to be there. Like, not every player that goes to a school is like, dude, it's like it's it's only football, and I don't give a crap. Like, I don't give, like, I don't, I don't care about anything else. Like, that's very, that's very seldom. Those guys are like the NFL guys. They're just like, okay, like, do I go to Alabama or LSU or Florida? You know, like, do I like which top school do I just kind of have to? begrudgingly get through the academics before I go like ultimately change my family's life with generational money. Like those guys are the guys we're talking about. But for guys like me or guys like my buddy who was at San Jose, like we have to decide like what school puts us in the best position for life. Like where we have to go like, you know, sit behind a desk and like do regular shit. So, uh, sorry, family show. So the transfer portal does work in that regard. And so bringing in Schrader, was to me it was an awesome move because he's is he dungy no but he has the escapability and he has the concept of the run game a little bit of the pass game i would imagine and his high school tape looks exactly like something that we would need out of a guy like uh jacobian so you think okay well if this guy is just a little bit further along version of jacobian and jacobian's what we actually want long term like this kind of guy that's movable and i think markowitz you know he's not going to be flat-footed by any means but i think markowitz is definitely the guy that coach babers wants ideally right the the bryce petty the matt ryan the guy that's going to sit back there and really make those decisions and you know put his back foot in the ground and really spin that thing zach wilson style but zach wilson can also move he's a great athlete so Okay, so where does this next guy that we want kind of come from? And it had to be in what I call free agency. You you can build your team three ways. There's no trades. Okay, so there's no trades. There's no free agency per se. Added that with the transfer portal, and then there's the draft, and that's recruiting. So if you look at three things, you know, in the the professional landscape, trades, free agency, draft. In college, you only have two of those things. And since like I can't say like, okay, well, I'm gonna trade Tommy DeVito to like Tulsa for like two defensive backs, like since that's not in the equations, like, okay, well, we have to kind of go make the trade off of like, okay, well, Aaron Hackett's leaving and like all these guys are leaving. Uh Milifuanu, Cisco, Trill. Okay, so we're trading them out the door and then we use their future scholarships for a, a transfer in. And I think that this even if Schrader doesn't work out, I still think that it's probably the best move that we could have made at this time because he at least gives us that change up to where we're like, okay, if if Tommy does come out of camp better, then maybe we're just we have to rethink this whole situation altogether. Because if Tommy ends up looking good because of this competition, I don't think that this is a bad thing or it's like a waste of a of a pick with Schrader. I just think that maybe he ultimately kind of sees that maybe I am a wide receiver and I, you know, I'm a run first guy, but I, I don't want to rule out his arm either. And I also don't want to rule out Tommy's arm. Like I've seen him do well. And again, Mike Lasker and I were talking about how ever since that Notre Dame game, when Eric went out, like Dungy just hasn't been the same guy. And I don't think he's ever quite trusted the receivers because his receivers are just not good flat out. Like, I just don't think that the receivers at this school and really, in my opinion, like Nikeem Johnson's really the guy where you're going like, okay, like he has like a, a translatable talent and that talent is just blazing speed. So it's like, okay, that's like a pro level prospect type talent. So like we got to get this like matched up with somebody that has a deficiency. Whereas I think that Taj and um, among. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And 
Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives... There's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard, BMW, the ultimate driving machine. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset, hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What makes a life a good one? 
Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Welcome to Fail Better, David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low- and high-profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives. Each week, he'll chat with guests like Ben Stiller, Bette Midler, and more about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts. All of our other receivers like don't have a translatable talent to the NFL so they can't help out our quarterback that needs a lot of help because he has none from his offensive line so for factoring the offensive line Schrader does make sense he's a nice change of pace and he could potentially slow down the pass rush from the the opposing team but if he doesn't work out like I said it's not a waste of a pick it's not a waste of a scholarship because we already have all these guys going out anyway so hey bring in another guy and you know what I do think that if Schrader can learn the offense and he can develop into a great passer I think that it makes a total like a ton of sense and you know what it does it replaces that lack of depth in the quarterback room anyway because there's nobody really below DeVito that we we feel good about and he slots into the spot where it's like okay we needed a redshirt sophomore in that kind of class or like a junior when and Tommy's going to be a senior. It's like we need, we just need a body in that class, and he fits in really well. So I think it was, you know, it was a home run. And from now on, I think we just got to hit that portal as hard as we possibly can. Like that is our free agency. The draft is already done with the recruiting period. I think that we did as about as good as we could have under a one in ten season. Next year, if we come out and start winning games again, recruiting's really going to take. An upturn, I th- because I, now coach has the ability to say, I've done it all. I've won 10 games. I've lost 10 games. And then here's what I do after all of that. And at some point, if you're really that deal as a coach, you got to win with lesser talent. That's just, the, I mean, that's just the fact of the matter. And so if you hit the portal hard, get a freaking transfer at all positions, you know, just load up, stockpile for a year or two, and then it's like, hey, we got all of our all of our quote unquote dudes ready to go underneath them, and then like we go through like a normal cycle. I just feel like Syracuse has had such a hard time of going through a normal cycle as far as like freshman comes in, he graduates four years later. Like I feel like the last class that did that was like the Justin Pugh Shabane class with like Ryan Nassib and all those guys, Jared West, Alec Lemon, like those guys came in, they all played for their four years or five and then left. And then from that point forward, like honestly, like 20, the 2011 or 2012 classes, it's like guys just got peeled off like one after another after another due to like just horrible injury luck. So let's restock the cupboards. Let's actually try to like have this team build up something. And it's like, yeah, sure. Like I remember, and again, like back to the NBA, like I remember when the Lakers were just like filling in guys to like make sure that we could play games and then eventually they filled up the cupboards with young guys and then they made their move. It's kind of the same thing here. Like we got to fill up the cupboards with something so that eventually like we can make our move. And is Schrader that move? No, I don't think so. But will he at least give us the ability to kind of recover something on offense and resemble something? Like let's say if Tommy just is, you know, washed, he can't do anything ever again, like his confidence is blown. Um you know, and he just totally stinks. All right, fine, whatever. We got, we at least got a guy that we feel probably pretty capable with because he was highly touted out of high school, went to Mississippi State, had a little bit of success as a true freshman. And so now, um, you know, we're bringing in a guy that's played in a harder conference. Maybe, maybe not, depending on who you ask. Our division's really tough. I put it up there with just about anybody else. Um, when you have, you know, a national champ in there and a multiple time over and they're not slowing down anytime. And then Florida State's coming back. You know, you know the drill. I mean, we all, we all live it. But um, I just think that we're in a position to where I don't mind the young guys because we've won with worse. 
but we need to have something in the cupboards to make it so that they're insulated from themselves. Like you can't just, you can't expect young guys to come in and really change anything unless they're transformative, like Cisco and like Cisco's an NFLer, you know? So, and I'm sorry, but Syracuse doesn't get NFLers in every class. We just don't. Um, so, I think that the Schrader the thing it, it more so to me signaled that we're not dead yet. We're we think we were close with how bad the season was, but we're not dead yet. Um, you know, back to gone too soon. Uh, Melifuanu, I saw him. Or Melifuanu, jeez, oh, what a name! Iffy, um, I saw him and. Uh, Trill walking into Manly at the same time, and I just remember seeing Iffy and going, the size, man, the height, six, a legit 6'3", uh, Trill legit 6'6", and um, I mean, I just, I love, I, like, I just, I saw him and I said, you know, these guys are, these guys are prospects, they really are. Um, obviously, Iffy has the bloodline, uh, Super Bowl champ brother, but I, it's not for me to say where he's going to go. You know, honestly, I think he's going to go undrafted, and then um, you know, because guys from this program they don't get the benefit of the doubt. Uh, I even heard I was on Dallas Cowboys radio this week back in Texas, and they're talking about Cisco, and they're saying um, fourth rounder, and I was like, man, that's that's pretty tough. You know, it's a pretty tough grade. So we'll see. Um, and 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 they don't get the love because they don't get the benefit of the doubt from like, hey, I think that they're like when the lights come on, they're going to show up. Like they just don't get the benefit of that doubt yet, and uh, so I mean we'll see. I I think moving forward again, these guys, all the guys that are leaving, they were one in ten players are on a team that was one in ten. I don't disparage them because a lot of the de- like the defense's woes had nothing to do with them for the most part. There were some games where it's like okay, there's some miscommunication, but at the same time, like Mikel Jones. And then, like all of our young secondary guys that filled in after all of our guys opted out, like we we have some promise, but for now it's like we got to really tool up and, and move forward with the future. So, in this case, I'm glad that all the guys are are heading out, and uh, you know, and because it, it gives us a chance to kind of have some some do overs and um, maybe kind of have a freebie on some of the other guys that are transferring out, because then you know maybe we can get a look at some other guys in, in the portal. Um, but I think ultimately this team really needs to look long and hard at that. And I think we did this offseason. I think we really looked hard at the wide receiver position. Uh, we looked really hard at the offensive line position. But what's next is that defensive line position. When Syracuse was the best in this um, this decade, I almost said the century, geez. But in this, de- well, possibly in the, the 2000s, um, we had three NFL defensive linemen on our team. Does that surprise anybody that like we were the best when we had two guys that played in, or three guys that played in the NFL on our uh, our defensive line? No, not to me. It's like it's the easiest way to be good. You look at the Washington football team; like they drafted all first first round defensive linemen, and yes, they were terrible on offense because they had to start Dwayne Haskins. But um, look, like. <laughs> their defense won them games. Their D line won them games, and that's in the NFL. So if it's if we can improve that position, then we that's kind of the last thing. Hit the portal hard on a nose tackle and one interior D lineman, we're good. All right. So lastly, I want to um, talk about college football as a whole. Um, my favorite thing in the world is college football. Um, I am just so addicted to the game. I'm so addicted to how it looks, the pageantry, bowl game season. I love the whole nine yards. So just going to give some quick takes on where I see college football in general. First off, I think that this is one of the best Alabama teams that I've ever seen. The discrepancy level between them and the next SEC team is miles, not feet. Uh, Florida gave them a game, but they emptied the kitchen sink. And I really don't even feel like Alabama broke that much of a sweat um, when it came down to it. I think that Clemson under um, Trevor, with Trevor Lawrence under center obviously is going to be a team that is very difficult, very, very difficult to beat. But I think that they're... I don't even know. Like I haven't really seen them get um you know abused anywhere or really have that many weaknesses, but I just don't think that consistently 
this year, I've seen them, other than the games where they played like the Citadel and whatnot, I really came away thinking that, like, oh, you know, this team is miles, like miles, miles better than, let's say, a North Carolina or even a Notre Dame who's in the playoff or um, a Miami team. And yes, they, they beat all those teams. The only team that they lost to was Notre Dame once with their backup, a freshman quarterback. But I don't ever feel like... When they did d- destroy Notre Dame, don't get me wrong, I did feel like they were miles better than the next team. However, I really felt like Notre Dame came out flat that game, and they really just aborted what they wanted to do in general because they thought that that was their first playoff game. And you know what happens to Notre Dame in their first playoff game. They get annihilated. Like That's what, that's always what happens. So I don't put too much stock into that game. Notre Dame might be back as much as I hate them. They may be back to give a good game to Alabama. But really, in, in, in theory, like th- this Alabama offense is so advanced. They can do so many things. They have the ability to throw the ball at all three levels, you know, deep, intermediate, short, that the ability to run the ball inside, outside to any, any, any range. They have a first round offensive tackle. They have a first round, uh, uh, wide receiving core. They have a probably second round running back. They have so many things. I mean, uh, just an embarrassment of riches. And that's not even including their second best wide receiver, Jalen Waddle. If he was there, I think that Alabama would win maybe by double digits in the national championship. But since they don't have Waddle, I think they maybe win by nine. That's that. I'm really frustrated that Oklahoma got their act together late in the season. I'm really upset that Texas got their uh, act together late in the season. And that's what Big 12 teams do. Time after time, they have to hit stumbling blocks. They have to get hit in the mouth defensively before they understand the, the gravity of the situation. I really was hoping that this would be a year where Texas or Oklahoma ended up winning a game and the Big 12, because I'm a Texas guy now, ends up representing in the national championship. I don't think that we're too far away. I think that Rattler really gives them a, a, a great option moving forward. I think he's a better baker. I think he's not quite as good as Kyler. But I think that the team in general has finally kind of found its identity and they're able to not have one and done quarterbacks year after year after year. So you have the baker, the Kyler, the Jalen. And then from there, it's like there's just boom, 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 turnover, 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 turnover at the quarterback position and at the skill positions. I mean, CeeDee Lamb, Hollywood Brown, you name it. It's been lauded that they have the best offensive line coach in the country. They do continuously turn out offensive linemen to the NFL, as well as provide awesome time for the quarterback. And I saw a little bit of a regression in that this year, but it's okay because you know what they did? They gelled together at the end of the season. I think most of the team is going to be back, and I do see them. If I were the committee, I would see Oklahoma as my number two team going into the season next year. So be on the lookout for them. And if Ellinger returns for Texas, I think that Texas is potentially a top four team. Bijan Robinson running back. And if Ellinger doesn't return, that backup quarterback that threw four touchdowns in the Alamo Bowl, granted to a, you know, a, a Colorado team that had no chance whatsoever in that game. Absolutely no chance. That was a home game for Texas. I think that once that whole situation gets figured out, who their quarterback's going to be, i if it were me, I would give Ellinger like the ability to return, but if he doesn't, it's like no big deal. We got a guy that can really sling it. Coming into the year, if Ellinger returns at quarterback, I see them as a top five team, but really I don't think that they get into the playoff. If they can get that freshman or Richard freshman into a Richard sophomore, really develop him give him all those weapons. Bijan Robinson's there. The defense comes to play. They could, watch out, upset Oklahoma going forward next year. That that Red River shootout, that could be the best game all year next year. So be on the lookout for that. Um, moving forward from them, there's always going to be these kind of, I said at the beginning of the year, I said, what did I say? Liberty would be an 11-win team. They didn't play 12 games, but they only lost one. So to me, that's an 11-win team. Okay, I'm, I'm here for you. Um, and they actually ended up winning 11 games because they beat Coastal. Now that I think about it, they were 11-1, but Coastal was undefeated. So you think there's always going to be these teams that pop up, the Cincinnati's, the Coastal's, uh, the BYU's of the world. And next year's program, we will have to wait and see. It may be Coastal again. I don't think I see Liberty moving forward because I think hot take, I think Hugh Freeze may be out as soon as he possibly can. Don't be surprised if Hugh is taking a job somewhere else. Maybe if someone, you know, something random opens up, Hugh could be out of there. Uh, Hugh could even be an NFL type of guy, I think. I mean, he's he's got that pedigree on offense. He knows what he's done. He's just made personal mistakes. 
I love that he's done the reclamation project at Liberty, bringing a one double A team up and then into the conversation and they have something. Or does he just stay at Liberty? Liberty gives him a big raise and then they go from there. And if that's the case, don't be surprised in a couple of years if Liberty's actually a legit program playing in a legit conference and somebody is on the outside looking in because of it. All right, before we get into the rest of Ty's final thoughts, we got to hear from Bet Online. We got to hear from Manscaped. But first, does Liberty have enough money to keep Hugh Freeze? Ah, man. I don't know, but I can tell you what. If 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 they want to keep getting better, they want to keep being in the spotlight the way they have been this year after 11 wins, they'll bet. Problem is, they have the money. They're going to start a GoFundMe page. What's up? Also, the ACC is lopsided. I mean, you know, they could come on over here. Third Virginia team in the ACC. I mean... Is it too much? Too many Virginia teams? I don't know. I don't think so. All right. Bet online. They're going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season. If you can't get to a game, get over to Bet Online. They're going to have all of the game spreads and totals. They got the team, player, and coaching props. Bet Online. They're going to give you more options to wager than any other place online. Head over there today. Use the promo code Armchair to take advantage of all of the great sign-up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Thank you, Bet Online. Also, look. Did you get? Perfect Package 3.0 in your stocking, or did you just get a gift card? Because that's a win-win. I don't know if you realize that. You can still get over there, manscaped.com, and get the fresh start you need for 2021. Get out of quarantine, okay? Get into 2021. Come out looking fresh. Get the Perfect Package 3.0. It has all the right tools for the job. Uh, Clean yourself up below the belt with the 3.0 waterproof skin-safe technology trimmer that'll reduce nicks and tugs. Also has the light to give you all the glow you need for 2021, and you can shave with this thing pretty much anywhere. 2020 was awful, so make sure your boys are refreshed and ready for new beginnings in 2021. Manscaped even threw in their shed travel bag to keep all your goodies stored comfortably. Speaking of comfort, the Manscaped anti-chafing boxer briefs are also included and are hands down the best underwear you will ever wear. So, Get 20% off and free shipping with the promo code armchair at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the promo code armchair at manscaped.com. Thank you, Manscaped. Back to Tyler. Pack 12 time. I had a very, very fun time reforming back to my younger self this summer or this fall watching the Pack 12. And I think, I really think that this USC team is is shades shades of the matt barkley era shades of the matt barkley era and what i mean by that is if you go back and look or if i went back and looked at their roster their best players are at wide receiver their quarterback is more of a distributor their strongest asset is their offensive line and defensively they 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 drop back and they cover well okay that is what I just described, the Lane Kiffin USC Trojans. And it's what they're trying to get into because Southern California in general has turned all the way into more of a West Coast-style um, passing game and with occasional shots. No handoff under center. We're not going to see the Mark Sanchez. We're not going to see the Carson Palmer, the Matt Liner at USC pretty much ever again, I don't think, unless California goes all the way back to that. So what I'm trying to say is, is that I know everybody's on Keaton Slovis. Everybody loves him, this, that, and the third. Keaton Slovis is being carried by his team. I mean, his team is phenomenal. They're recruiting up there with the best of everybody. And you know what, Keaton? Good for you, man. If you make all that money, great. But I would just say buyer beware on them because you know who I think is coming up. I think UCLA is coming up to potentially overtake them next year. In all reality, Chip Chip Kelly, he had three losses this year that honestly were all on him. And he was in these games. He was in the Colorado game when they turned the ball over five times and still only lost by five. They lost to Oregon by three when they had to play a freshman quarterback. And really, they were driving to win the game. And if they were just made it into field goal range, they would have won. Okay, so you you know, let's just say they made it into field goal range. The kicker makes it. They win that game. They upset Oregon. Then in USC, they had a double-digit lead, and they blew it. UCLA, to me, is the team. They had just never been there before. Granted, Demetric Felton out the door. Um, 
Osa Odigazua, their best defensive lineman, out the door. But you know what? I've watched UCLA's recruiting rankings slowly climb up, and their freshman quarterback, to me, is a better thrower than Dorian Thompson-Robinson. If Dorian decides to return, that's not a big deal. But I just think that he has the ability, the freshman has the ability to come in and actually maybe throw the ball a little bit better. He's taller, bigger arm, but doesn't move as well uh, with his feet. The thing that got UCLA into trouble this year was relying on Robinson's feet to win in the game when in reality their receivers were their strength, similar to USC. And I actually like UCLA's group going forward a little bit more because they're more well-rounded and they don't have to be beholden to a star diva wide receiver that USC always has. It's the Marquise Lee, it's the Robert Woods, feed this guy the ball because we gave him a promise or we had something in recruiting to where we can't distribute equally and it shows up all the time. And then these guys get to the NFL and these USC guys kind of sputter for a little bit before they realize, hey, you know what? Let me just go do my job. There's no promises anymore. And I think that UCLA has just always played a little bit better brand of football when it comes down to it. And you know what? UCLA deceived Keaton Slowis a couple times in that crosstown rivalry into not necessarily advanced coverages, but I saw him get tricked a little bit. So I like the brand of football UCLA is playing. I do look for them to potentially be one of the top uh, contenders in the Pac-12 next year. Colorado, this was flash in the pan for me. They had a guy that was a a senior that came out and he switched from safety to quarterback, kind of threw everybody off a little bit. But I think that's over. Um, Good story for Carl Durrell. um, Back pretty much from uh, the coaching dead. And he's back uh, coaching again. So happy for him. And um, so I think that kind of cleans up everything else. I don't watch the Big Ten. I kind of refuse to. I think that they play horrible football. They're thick in the ankles, as Colin Cowherd says. The only thing that they do really well is put Ohio State on TV. And, I mean, frankly, uh, the Nittany Lions, they went 0-5 their first five games. It's like, that's supposed to be your second-best team. Give me a break. Like, I don't watch that. What I'm going to watch a Northwestern football. I'm already a Syracuse fan. I'm not going to you know sign myself up to do both. I mean, I love communication and whatnot. I'm doing it right now. But, I mean, I'm not really interested in Northwestern. So uh, Michigan State, disaster. Michigan, uh, worst disaster. Um, They're talking about extending Harbaugh into the into the ground. So we'll see how that goes. So th- that's kind of my college football roundup for this year and moving forward next year. I want to thank all of you guys for joining. I love you guys. Have a happy new year. I love you. Goodbye.